Welcome back to Beyond the Scope. I am your host, David Tolman, an entrepreneur and biomedical engineer in the digital pathology space. My co-host is Giovanni Lujan, a pathologist and associate director of digital and computational pathology at The Ohio State University. Our guest today is Lisa Jean Clifford, known to many as LJ. She is the COO and chief strategy officer at Gestalt Diagnostics, and LJ joins the show to discuss the challenges and the triumphs of marketing new products in the digital pathology space. We discuss her time as CEO of a LIS company and how the philosophy of pathology digitization is rooted in radiology's transition. And LJ was recently appointed to the Governing Council of the API, which we of course cover. Beyond the Scope is brought to you by the Digital Pathology Association. You can visit www.digitalpathologyassociation.org for resources related to education, conferences, member benefits, all the great things to get connected in the digital pathology world. Special thanks to my co-host Giovanni Lujan and Abby Norris for their help in the planning and production of this podcast. If you are on the marketing side of our industry, or perhaps a pathologist trying to better understand the business case for digitization, well, this is probably the episode for you. So here we go with Lisa Jean Clifford. All right, we're here with Lisa Jean Clifford, LJ. How are you doing today? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing great. Where are you calling from? I am in Connecticut. Okay, great. Um we're going to talk about kind of your journey that led you to digital pathology, maybe a little bit about your work at Gestalt Diagnostics um, and get your expert advice on how to market all these new and cool digital pathology devices and software products. But uh, first, but first let's get to know you a little bit. Um, What's your professional background and how did it, uh, how did you land at Gestalt? Um, So I've been in healthcare high tech for about 20 years, and prior to Gestalt, I was the CEO of an LIS company. Um, In that role, uh, obviously, I've always focused on healthcare high tech, but my passion has been to focus on companies and products that can really help impact patient care and patient outcomes specifically. Um, And so in In doing that, my role as a CEO led me to a strategic partnership with Aperio back in the early Aperio days. Um, They were looking for a co-development partner and someone who could help bring them to key customers um, to understand what some of the gaps in the manual workflow were and how that could be automated and augmented by using digital pathology and then storyboarding and building those out. Um, so I was fortunate enough to know Mark, um, who was the former CEO of Aperio, and he and his product and development teams partnered with me and my team, um, and we traveled around to some of our key customers, and we did those interviews and gathered that information, and that was sort of the inception of Aperio. Um, at the time, I thought the technology was probably a little too young and advanced for adoption and we're talking probably 15 years ago wow so yeah so um 
I did always, however, believe that this was the future and that this was the direction that pathology would be going. Um, so when Gestalt uh, approached me just about four and a half, almost five years ago, and they were looking to build out and commercialize their digital platform, which was based on a radiology PACS and workflow platform, I figured this was the time. Um, I felt like the technology, especially on the scanner side, had advanced enough um, with the image quality and the speed of scanning that this was something that could be viable for use in, in clinical diagnostics. So I jumped. That's great. I have so many follow-ups related to that. So, <laughs> so let's see. Right let's ahead. see where to start. I think I think the most important one is though you you mentioned that uh, when you were at Aperio, you felt that the technology was a little bit too early. Um, and now you feel like you're, you know, we're kind of off and running. We have so many more products that are out there, so many more companies that are out there. Was there a specific milestone that you you observed or you were a part of that kind of you, where you told yourself, okay, this is for real. This is, this really is the future. Like, what was that event that caused that? Um, so, you know, that's a really good question. And just to be clear, I wasn't at Aperio. I was the CEO of an LIS company sure, and we partnered sure. with Aperio. Yeah. Um, but I would say the aha moment was when we were sitting at the boardroom tables with my customers and the medical directors from some of my key customers. And we had the product people involved from Aperio and from my side on the LIS. And we were having just this brainstorming dialogue. And I think the aha moment for me was watching the faces of the medical directors light up and seeing the wheels turn. And everyone was extremely excited about it. Um, but most of them were saying things like, I don't see how we would use this today. I don't see a practical application for this today. The scanners are so slow. We can't wait eight minutes for mm -hmm. a slide to scan. Um, so I think the aha moment for me that this was the future was watching the faces light up, watching the wheels turn, watching that sort of breakdown of barrier between medical and technical and business people having that dialogue and that exchange. Wow. That's great. So what's your, what's your day-to-day -day like at Gestalt now? Um, well, <laughs> it varies day-to-day. -day. Um, so yeah, it is. It's actually extremely exciting. So, um, you know, Gestalt is now gosh, almost six years old, we'll be six years old next month. Um, so in terms of the company, you know, we're no longer a startup. We definitely still have that young, innovative, um, I'll call it drive and passion. Um, obviously, digital pathology is still in its infancy. I mean, this is, yeah. I see this as, you know, the beginning of like the LIS years. We've got 30, 40 more years of development. Um, we don't, I don't think we've even begun to understand all the directions and the use cases for digital today. Um, so it's exciting, but in terms of, um, you know, the company itself, we really are moving in so many different directions with the product, uh, continuing to develop it out based on, you know, technology and customer feedback. Now that we have locked customers, people are actually adopting and using it. That's extremely valuable. Also seeing some of the cool ways that our clients are thinking outside the box as they're deploying it and seeing some of these extended and expanded use cases. Um, but now we've also started developing our own AI algorithms. 
Um, so, you know, to this point, we developed AI algorithms that were focused on workflow optimization. Uh, but now we're starting to actually help with computational image analysis and AI as well. So that's wow. really cool. You know what? I'm I'm in the exact same boat as you. Um, my company will turn six uh, next month, and oh. we're we're just we're just in that same phase of okay, we're no longer a startup. We're more of like an early stage device company, and you know, just starting to get all the user feedback. And it's like I I, I keep thinking we're we're right in the middle of it. We're not there yet, but. It's the most exciting time because of you see people using your your technology, you see people using what you've built, but it's also the most challenging time because you're trying to figure out what's it going to take to go from a few people using it to everybody's using it. Mm -hmm. I, th I think I think it's I think for us it's probably it's got to be the hardest time. I'm sure that makes your day to day challenging, but also really interesting. It is. It definitely is. And like you said, it's really, it's exciting. Um, you know, as you well know, healthcare has always been very behind the curve in terms of innovation and technology adoption. Um, so this, at least in my career, this is the fastest onset of technological advancement and adoption in healthcare. And I think it's really exciting. Yeah. So, I mean, you, so you were, you were working for an LIS company, how long how long did it take for their platform to get adopted because i mean that must have been that must have been really interesting going through the whole um um you know medical records going towards electronic that must have been a really interesting time to be there um it is i'm not actually that old but i did not mean to imply that <laughs> Um, but yeah, LISs have been around for about 40 years and you're right. right. They went literally just to electronic, you know, I'll call it paper, electronic paper is how they started. But the innovation and the creation of all of the additional features and functionality is significant. And when I started at the LIS company that I, I ran, um, we had a clinical LIS, which was kind of a legacy system. And then we had an AP LIS that was maybe eight to 10 years old. But while I was there, we expanded that significantly. And then we added toxicology and microbiology and wow. um, molecular. So, you know, you just see all these expansions and I can see digital going in the same way. Mm -hmm. So, so right now, um, when you're marketing your products, what do you find to be the business case that gets the most positive response for from your customers? Um, that's a good question. And if I had a single answer to that, I think I'd, I'd be a very wealthy woman right now. <laughs> <laughs> we're all trying, um, we're all trying to figure it out, LJ. We are, we definitely are. Yeah. Um, it really, it, it's really, um, I'll call it site specific, right? So sure. our digital platform has modules for professional or clinical use education and research. And so there's very different use cases, very different um, value-based scenarios that, you know, trigger the adoption of each of those different modules. But I think the one that's probably the most mainstream, obviously, is clinical. So, um, you know, I see customers looking to adopt clinical for a variety of reasons. And the main ones are either for um, speed, efficiency, and accuracy, um, or for... Um, 
workflow optimization, and that can include ROI. Um, I know there's always a conversation around ROI and reimbursements and, um, you know, the upfront cost of adopting digital, but most of the clients I see get past that pretty quickly when they realize it's not just a hard dollar cost, um, but when you have, you know, a multi-location or a multi-site entity and you have pathologists who are moving between locations, when you have remote regional locations, when you have external clients or you're doing TC work or PC work for external clients, these are all use cases that are extremely ripe for digital. Yeah, I find the... Um... The, the the remote working and the going around to different physical locations to be particularly a, um, a pain point for pathologists. It definitely is. And it's wasted time. I mean, you know, valuable time that they could be actually spending on patients. Yeah. What about, um, what about resistance? Uh, what's, what's the main resistance? You, you mentioned a little bit about uncertainty of around reimbursement, but what, what are the, the biggest points of resistance when you're marketing these new products? Um, so I think there's really, there's two that I see and depending on the size of the organization, certainly smaller laboratories or facilities, um, are very cost conscious. And that's where we're still seeing some pushback on the ROI or the reimbursement or the upfront costs. Um, but for the mid to larger sized organizations, there's really no resistance from the management or the organization, and typically not from the medical directors. Sometimes there can be a little resistance among the individual pathologists, depending on their background, their, their knowledge, and their comfort with technology, to be honest. Mm -hmm. Okay. Let's talk about your company, um, Gestalt, uh, for a little bit. So you said you're um, just like me, you're about to turn six years old as a company. Mm -hmm. um, how did how did that get started? And um, what are you excited about right now um, being a part of your company? Um, so Gestalt was actually incubated out of one of the largest radiology groups on the West Coast. And that radiology group actually built a radiology pack solution that's been in use for over 20 years. Um, in fact, it's the Philips Radiology Pack solution. It was since sold to Philips. Um, so it's in use for over 15 million reads a year, and the parent company retained the rights to use it for pathology. Um, Gestalt was incubated out of that, and we have since spun out. We're a corporation, um, and we no longer have a parent company, um, although they are still our largest investor. Um, but we are built on the premise of that radiology packs and workflow solution, but it was completely rebuilt for the intricacies and the complexities of pathology. Um, and so I'd say one of the, the most exciting things for me with Gestalt has been the market adoption and the customers that we're gaining. Um, as far as I know, we're one of the largest adopted um, digital platforms in the U.S., in the continental U.S., um, and we have customers who are using it for, um, we've just hit some pretty big milestones. We have over 50,000 cases that have been diagnosed using our platform. Um, over 5% of those cases have been diagnosed with um, integrated, directly integrated AI. We have over 300,000 images that have been analyzed. Um, 
And I don't know the exact number of pathologists. I've actually got my product director trying to figure that out because some of these numbers were exciting for me. Um, but I do know that we have one customer who has over 200 external pathologists that wow. they're using for our system. And that's just one of our live customers. Um, wow. And we have several customers who are in implementation and going live this quarter. So we'll have a handful more. So wow. yeah, very exciting. Yeah, you guys are blown up. That's amazing. We are. We are. <laughs> yeah. You know, I found something I found really interesting there, um, the relationship between uh, how your company spun out um, from a radiology group. Um, <clears throat> when I'm out, um, you know, doing customer discovery and marketing, whatever you want to call it, um, I find that it's actually a lot of radiology groups that are really interested in where digital pathology is going because it can make their jobs more efficient too, because they're the ones that are um, doing the procedures, waiting on results. And I, one of my prediction for the future is we're going to do a lot better overall with digital pathology adoption and artificial intelligence adoption. If we get um, the radiology folks more involved in what we're doing on the pathology side. Um, I, I agree with that. And I think there's a lot of crossover and discussion today. And a lot of that value is seen, certainly being able to have access to the whole patient record, including other images and other file types, so that when either a pathologist or a radiologist is recalling and looking at that case, they have the ability to have that, um, you know, the radiologist's report or the pathology images and the pathologist's report. Um, right at their fingertips. And I think that would certainly help with, um, as you said, with collaboration and um, with the overall diagno diagnosis for the patient. Mm -hmm. So um, you got some big news recently that you got appointed to a secretary of the API? I did, yes, in, on the governing council. So I am this year's secretary and it's extremely exciting. Yeah. I've been working with the API for um, probably over three years now. I've been on the mm -hmm. education content committee, um, the PI summit planning committee, and now on the governing council. Congratulations on that. Um, what uh, what are your What are your plans to accelerate the mission of the API as part of their governing council? Well, I, I feel very passionately about the API, as you can tell, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, the absolutely. And, yeah. Um, so I think it's really that marriage of technology and medicine. And that marriage is where we can all come together as an industry and understand not only what the value of what's being developed is, in use for medical diagnosis and for patient care and treatments, but it's also understanding what is needed. So having that collaboration between industry and medicine um, with the overarching understanding of its technology that enables that streamlined um, interoperable really platform for um, better outcomes for patients is the bottom line. Um, understanding how we can work together to pinpoint what is necessary, how to deliver it, and what the pathologists need to be able to use it in an, in an optimized workflow, not just as being developed by a vendor and then given to them. Um, you know, at 
this 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 uh podcast is you know hosted by the dpa so we have a lot of crossover uh between api and dpa so i think this is our opportunity to plug the the api uh annual summit that's in pittsburgh at the end of may is that correct it is it is yes yeah. Um, do you know, do you have any insights on the program about anything that we uh, may be able to look forward to uh, coming up in May? Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So it's a great program. We have some key notes um, and, and I'll call it marquee speakers for our plenaries. So certainly check out the website to see what we're building out. Um, we have some great vendor sponsorships. Um, but the main thing is that we're really expanding in terms of the interaction capabilities for the attendees and the membership. We're really looking to include a lot of the um, fellows and the residents in the programs and to ensure that they have a voice so that they can be part of not only the planning, but part of that networking and that mentor relationship. And mentoring is very important to the API as well um, to make sure that the, the current knowledge base is sharing their expertise and experience with the up and coming um, you know, future pathologists. That's cool. Um, you know, really impressive all the things you're doing in terms of leadership with both the um the uh the associations as well as um you know what you have going on at um at your company so what what advice would you give to someone who is um who 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 may want to be an executive in in a in a in in our industry um any general advice that could help those that are listening that want to become executives um, well, I think the main thing to becoming an executive or, or looking at that as a career path is to understand the intersection between business technology and if you're looking to obviously be in our space, healthcare, um, really understanding and having a passion for and knowing what your individual personal and professional goals are, and then really to become an executive or a successful executive, you want to look at and adopt that, that mentoring mentality. It's the same thing. It's surrounding yourself with great people, smart people, um, people who also have a vision and a passion um, and working in a collaborative manner to really help move the entire organization and the industry forward. Great. It's awesome advice. Thank you so much for that. Um, I have two kind of more high level questions remaining, but before we get there, I want to make sure that uh, we had a chance to cover everything that you wanted to talk about. I think so. Yeah, this was a great um, interview and a, and a great dialogue. So thanks, David. I appreciate that. Okay. All right. So the high level questions, and I ask, I ask this to everybody that's a guest. The first is, um, what are you most excited about um, for the future of pathology in general? Okay. <laughs> yes. I really think it is. Um, I really think it is that intersection of technology and medicine. So again, the fact that digital pathology, AI, image analysis is at its infancy and understanding that there are so many different directions that this can take 
that can truly impact patient care. And I don't mean on a broad scale, certainly a broad scale, but I also mean for individualized um, patients, when you're looking at things like biomarker identification, that's specific to a patient to understand what the right diagnosis and the specific treatment plans are that will have the best outcomes for that person. That one person, you could save their life. Um, and that along with drug and pharma, um, mm -hmm. education opportunities for training upcoming pathologists. Um, and then again, just general expansion of features and functionality and interoperability among systems within healthcare um, systems. Yeah, we, we've had um, we've had a few recent guests from big pharma that have come on and, and said something similar about um, really focusing on the personalized medicine capabilities of digital pathology. And um, one thing that could be done immediately is um, helping big pharma with our companion diagnostics. There's so many new um, therapies that are, that are being developed that require um, specific tests. And that's one area where, digital pathology and algorithms related to image analysis can really fit in. So very consistent with what I've been hearing as well. That's true. Yeah. All right. The last big question, um, probably the most important one, because, you know, we, we do have a lot of executives from life sciences that are listening here. What advice would you have to an executive that's working or, or executive or someone that's working in marketing um, at some of these emerging digital pathology companies um, to help advanced acceleration here in the U.S., acceleration of adoption here in the U.S.? Yeah, so I think the main thing is to focus on partnerships, collaborations, and interoperability. Um, this, this industry is not going to move forward or be able to adopt innovative technologies by working in silos. Um, the full benefit, the, the real benefit of digital and AI is that expanded use of being able to integrate multiple different applications in that streamlined, seamless environment that's specific for the end user, whether it's drug and pharma, whether it's education, whether it's clinical or diagnostic use providing the end user with access to the tools and solutions that are right for them in mm -hmm. a single streamlined environment is what's going to work. So partnership, partnership, partnership. Beautifully put. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think, I think, I think we've covered everything um, in that case. Um, just wanted to thank you so much for joining today. Thank you so much for your time and thank you for your contribution to our field. Mm -hmm.